Today, on the Word Preacher Podcast, a review of the past 40 years, setting up for the future, and the one who was coming. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Word Preacher Podcast. Our Come Follow Me curriculum will cover the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy kind of opens as a sort of a review of what had been going on. Uh, Moses had sent spies to investigate the land of Canaan. Um, and, and we didn't cover this in detail when we, when we talked about uh, numbers, but... Um, there was there were 12 spies sent, one from each tribe, and they investigated the land and they found that it was indeed a bountiful land, flowing with milk and honey, they described. Ten of the spies, however, decided that they needed to provide a little feasibility uh, of their goal to go in and inhabit the land. And uh, they suggested that they would not be able to do it, that they would be like grasshoppers before these giants in the land who were very strong. Um, Two individuals, two of these spies, uh, Caleb from the tribe of Judah and Joshua, the son of Nun, um, they would give positive reports and say, you know what, if the Lord is helping us, And he, you know, helped us with the Egyptians, the most powerful force on the planet. I I think we're probably okay. We can go and do what God has said. Um, The Lord was not happy with how the people all kind of gravitated towards, oh, you know, it might be really hard. I don't know if we can do it. Uh, They gravitated towards the 10 negative reviews. And so the Lord in his wrath said, not one of you will get to go in. If you don't think you can, you can't. And the only ones who thought that they could, Joshua and Caleb, were the only ones of that generation who made it across the Jordan River to go into the land of Canaan. Not even Moses. And I think that's significant. Uh, Now, Moses, it's not that Moses didn't have a desire to go to the promised land. Um, Let's go ahead and and look at how he was trying to set up for the future and even interested in in doing that himself. If we look at Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 23 and 20 through 28. It reads, And I besought the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant greatness and thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might? I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain and Lebanon. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes, and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee. Speak no more unto me of this matter. 
Get thee up into the top of Pisgah, and lift up thine eyes westward, and northward, and southward, and eastward, and behold it with thine eyes, for thou shalt not go over this Jordan. But charge Joshua, and encourage him, and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. So you'd think, you know, boy, Moses, if, if there's anybody who was trying to get the people to do good and kind of deserved a break, uh, deserved to maybe get a chance to, to do what he, he wanted to do, it, it probably would have been Moses. But the Lord was not going to let him do that. Just get up on, on Pisgah, look at it from there. That's the best you're going to get. Um, and that might seem a little harsh, but I think it's important for reasons that we'll go into a little bit later. Um, so M Moses immediately gets the idea. The Lord says, you know, trouble me no more on this matter. Speak no more unto me of this matter. Um so he knows he's got to get the people ready. And he knows that Joshua is going to be the one to lead them. And so he spends a lot of time trying to help the people to understand that they need to be better than when they left Egypt. Uh, let's read a few more verses. This is uh, Deuteronomy 4, 1 through 6. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. And ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor, for all the men that followed Baal Peor. The Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you, this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. Keep, therefore, and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes, and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Okay, so a couple of items to unpack from that reading. First, I mean the obvious. He's preparing them to go and uh, and possess the land by keeping the commandments. That's how they're going to survive. That's how they're going to make it. Um, and then we get this interesting verse in verse 2 that talks about not adding to or diminishing from the word which he commands them. Now, some sects of uh, Judaism follow that very devoutly. Uh, the, the sect of Sadducees really focused on just the Torah, just what God gave to Moses. You know, you might have some nice ideas like resurrection or whatever that you got from uh, 
you know, some of the other readings outside of the Torah, but this is what we should not add to or take away from. This is the law. Anything else is just kind of your fan fiction. And of course, the problem with that is, uh, e even though it was good that they were focused on the law, they were focused so much on it, they missed Jesus. They missed the Messiah. They missed a lot of important prophecies from other prophets. I mean, imagine uh, not really taking seriously the prophecies of Samuel, Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and many others. These are incredible prophecies, absolutely vital. And they're just like, mm, that's your fan fiction you've added to or you've taken away from, you've made up this other stuff. What God gave to Moses, that's the only thing that counts. That perspective is something that actually applies today. Modern versions of Sadducees look at the Bible in the same way. In fact, quoting a very similar verse in the book of Revelation that talk, talks about adding to or taking away from the words of the prophecy of this book. And they assume that that refers to the Bible, even though, I mean, the Bible wasn't a thing when, when John wrote that. Um, and of course, the stuff in the New Testament was added to this. They just have a wider set of saying, this is all that counts. Nothing else counts. God is not capable of speaking in any other way than this Bible, and that's it. Um, of course, they're also incorrect. God has a pattern for revealing things that spans generations. This was fundamental to what he was doing with Moses. You're not going to be the one to take them in there. I'm going to prepare others, and they will receive revelation and be guided, and I will lead them if they keep the judgments and statutes. So obviously, while Moses had a critical foundational role, it was meant to be carried on by others. It was meant to be expanded. New statutes, laws, understandings could increase what they already had. And it was in the form of things that came through all these prophets, Samuel, Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Malachi, many others. And of course, most importantly, the Lord Jesus Christ, who we will talk about a little bit later. Um, that, that pattern of being able to expand beyond just one generation, I think it's fundamental to why Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land. I think it's fundamental to why Joseph Smith was killed before the saints moved west. The Lord is not trying to establish a church based on a man, and he wants people to understand it's bigger than just one person, except for the one person who always is, the one person who was behind all of that, the person who is Jesus. All right, let's talk about um, some other preparation that, that Moses gave. He gave this interesting passage in Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 through 8. 
he declares, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for ye were fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now this passage that we've read, it seems to be almost an unchristian sentiment that God has a chosen people that he favors above all people that are on the face of the whole earth. And the reason he favors them is because he loves them. I mean, does God not love other peoples? Now, of course, intuitively we know, yes, he does. And we could also say the same thing. Did he not love Moses? Why not let him go into Canaan? But we've talked about, yes, he did. And there, there's probably other reasons he had. But sometimes it's difficult to apply those truths where great men who did everything that they were supposed to or a people who were chosen and supposed to be able to get all these things didn't have things end the way that they sort of wanted it. If we apply that to ourselves, that can be really helpful. Are you ever in a situation where you feel like the Lord isn't giving you what you want? And have you ever thought that perhaps it's because he does not love you? Um, I think it's vital that we understand God's love does extend to everyone. In fact, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Your place your opportunities, your hardships, your circumstances, they may not be easy to understand. And other people around you may seem to get the things that you want for yourself. Good, righteous things. Or it's possible that they may not seem to get things that they should. That things may be unfair for them and that may be upsetting. It's absolutely vital that we look at these um, circumstances that existed in the scriptures and apply these to us. The thing that Paul was trying to teach in 1 Corinthians applies. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know only in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. In the end, we will know why God has made the choices he has, and we will confess that he was right all along. The crux of all of this that Moses was trying to do, I think, can be seen in an important set of verses uh, that um, I would like to read. Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 19. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. 
according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. So who is this prophet that the Lord was going to raise up that would be like unto Moses, a revolutionary change in how the Lord wanted his people to, to act and to worship and to come to the Father? The apostles give a, a clear statement in Acts chapter 3 in the New Testament. This is Christ. This was Jesus. Of course, this is also confirmed by Joseph Smith. The angel Moroni testified to him that prophet was Christ, and the time that those who would not receive his word would be cut off from among his people had not started, but soon would. Because this is the key to all of these things. Those who will not receive God, who God has lifted up, will be cut off. Moses, at God's command, prepared everyone for the coming of Christ. That was the reason for all of it. Now, um, so of course it was bigger than Moses. Uh, and at God's command, Moses prepared Joshua to invade Canaan and ensure that Israel kept the covenant, gave him some instructions and encouragement. And then an interesting part of Deuteronomy toward the end where it declares that Moses died. It reads, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was an hundred and twenty years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. So that's Deuteronomy 34, 5 through 8. Now, of course, some things about this account don't add up. Moses wrote these books, yet he declares at the end, Moses died and the Lord buried him? That doesn't really add up to, to some of the things that we've seen in other places. For example, I mean, the Lord was with, with Joseph to the point where he, they brought his bones out of Egypt so that he could be properly buried in uh, the land of Canaan. You would think that they would do that for Moses if he actually died. Who confirmed that he died? Uh, how would they know that he died if there was no body and no one knows of his sepulcher? And he was perfectly healthy 
His eye was not dim, his natural force not abated. Of course, we know the answer to this. The reason that Israel wept was because Moses was not going to be with them anymore, but he didn't die as other men do. He was still around to be seen on the Mount of Transfiguration. And later in the Kirtland Temple, he was changed. He was translated, a process that would be repeated for Elijah the Tishbite and others who needed to be translated. And that's important because um, the Lord was in control of how all of these things worked. And he knows what's happening in the big picture. Uh, this isn't a, a man who was uh, just laid to rest. It was a man who was taken by God to further serve the true master, the one that he had so faithfully served his whole life. He would continue serving the one who would later come, Jesus Christ. In the end, it's always been about Jesus. Your next steps of preparation should lead you toward him as Moses took these steps with his people. And the most important element that we have to gain as we review the past are the covenants and commandments of the Lord, the way that he interacted with his people. These can help guide us and lead us down his covenant path. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Next week, we will look at uh, the opening of the book of Joshua and uh, the Battle of Jericho. Of course, there's a lot we did not cover in uh, this week's reading. Please study that. Please read that individually and study it with your family. And of course, as always, fight on.